Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. Talking Power Podcast, episode 49. I'm with Simon Gonzo Travellini. I'm Nick DiCembro. We are back for 2019. Welcome back, Simon. Happy New Year, Nick. Same to you. Same to you. I was going to start off the show and give us give us a rundown on what's been happening in your in your life. <laughs> what's been happening? Yeah, work. Well, yeah, work. <laughs> I know you've been busy. We've all been pretty busy, haven't you we? Wanna, you want to update on the, the BA and the Camry? I and, think so, yeah. yeah, let's, yeah. Instead, we always end with that. No, I think a lot of people want to probably start with that. Okay. So, yeah, we should kick off with all that, right, actually. Well, well um, the BA, I've sort of got... Hmm, how can I put this? <laughs> There's been some progress. Mm. Um, we've got the radials. Yep. They're on the car. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, it looks like one of the tyres has got a bubble in it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm not going to get into an argument with anyone. I'm just going to buy two new tyres. Oh, okay. Um, and we'll keep them as spares if we yep. something happens at the track or whatever. They're easy enough to change with the beadlocks. Yep. Uh, I've had to extend the shock um, brackets because going from the 34.5 hmm. to the uh, radial, which is a 30-inch tyre, obviously the diff's got to come down. Yep. You know, two and a quarter inches roughly. So um, um, that's done. Um, we I've mocked up the the tires on the back. The engine is nearly back together. Mm. The, the long motor, um, the supercharger is a little bit left to service that, and that that'll be um, uh, back together. So it's kind of I've got a lot of things going on. Ja- Jamie from Shift Kits Australia has been working flat out on a on a couple of little trick bits of electronics. Yep. Um, to help us manage the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching a lot of videos, reading a lot. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you, Nick. Mm. I'm shitting my pants because it's been five years since I've driven anything fast. Mm. I know very little. I mean, I've never run... I'm, you know, we ran radials back in the Datsun days, but we're talking about, you know, yeah. 650 horsepower versus mm. 3,000 horsepower. So I and it was IRS. The, the the reason we ran radials on on the Datsun, as mm. you would remember, was because it was IRS and it didn't really handle very well with the conventionals on it. Yeah. So um, at this point in time, uh, I I think that we should be able to make it for the sixteenth. Mm. Fingers crossed. That's February sixteenth of yeah. February. Yep. Yeah. Um, and obviously we'll have another. A podcast or two between now and, yeah, and then yep. to, to confirm that. Um, as to how we're going to go, it really is is a big unknown mm. because uh, you know we don't we're not like I, I haven't been able to speak to anyone about how do you run these things. Yeah, you know, so everything is theoretical, mm. and there are so many things that I've changed. I was talking to Brenton about this the other day. And I ran through some of the things that that uh, I'm doing, and uh, you know we had a bit of a laugh. And we, you know, basically starting with a new car, it's got to work. You know, there's no there's no baseline. It's got to work. Yeah, it'll go fast straight away. Look, I don't know if some people saw out the po- the post that I put up or the photo. It's like it wasn't as simple as just basically. Sorry, my blog. I wrote about it in the blog. It wasn't really just. A lot of people think. A lot of my mates thought I'm just changing the tires. How hard is that? No. Well, the- generally the way you do it is you start with the tires and the diff mm. and and you have an alignment bar that bolts onto the diff it actually bolts on where the pinion goes yep. 
and goes all the way to the front of the car mm. and sets the center line for the crankshaft, right? So when you purpose build a car like that, everything's everything's in line. Yeah. Okay. So if you're purpose building a, a car for a thirty inch tire, which is what a three one five sixty is, the back of the engine would be a lot lower. Mm. Um, now my car was actually built for a thirty six inch tire. Yeah. Right. Because I, I had envisaged that that's where you know door slammer would end up, and and where door slammer is now. I'm. I'm pretty safe in saying that all the fast guys are running a 36 now yeah so if you think about it my crankshaft center line or or the the center line coming out of the the gearbox um from a 36 to a a 30 i've got to drop that three inches and when you're talking about a, a tail shaft that's you know a little over a meter long that's a dramatic uh universal joint angle change yeah you know so, I mean, look, I honestly don't know how we're going to go. Um, every time I walk past the car, I, I keep thinking to myself, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but, um, you know, I want to I thank all the people that, that have um, uh, chipped in, like aside from my crew, mm. in particular Travis, who, you mm. know, spends as much time as he can there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Rory from Speed Talk, mm. Um, we've had to do uh, some last-minute things because, you know, obviously, like I said, the car hasn't um, run for five years. Yep. And as you pull it apart, you go, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. We need to fix that. We need to fix this. You know, yep. so Rory's been really great um, in, you know, pretty much dropping everything to get our stuff done so that we've mm. got a crack. Um, Jamie, once again, from yeah. Shift Kits Australia, he has been so patient listening to my crazy ideas and... Um, you know, that's the thing. There's plenty of guys that can, you know, do auto electrical stuff or do electronic stuff out there, but I don't think there's many guys at Jamie's caliber, mm. right? Like, you know, his main uh, thing now is he's, he's doing the wiring. Like, he still does all the shift kits and modules and so on and so forth, but he's wiring cars up and, and you know, that's a serious business to him. But this is a guy that can not only design an electronic circuit, but he can write the the binary software yeah. to make that circuit do what you want it to do it's unbelievable mm. um he he can not only wire the ecu but he can build it yeah you know what i mean and program it he's been doing a bit of dyno tuning and mm. the guy's a gun yeah you know yeah. so um i'm just so thankful that that uh he has you know, managed to find a time, and he's very busy all the time, mm. um, to to listen to my crazy ideas and, and go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the thing is nowadays with modern electronics, it's not as simple as it used to be because everything's CAN-based, yeah. you know, so there is a lot involved in that CAN stuff to make it work. Mm. So, you know, once again, every system on this car um, is uh, unique to the car so if it works it's going to be a credit to people like jamie yep. um that, that have you know taken a concept that i've dreamt up and turned it into reality um and i mean it, it, it's a big gamble because mm. i could have just done what everyone else does there's a there's a box you buy which a lot of the radio rate well i think all the radio races run um it's it's called the profiler it's made by davies technologies oh yeah Right, and um, I've spoken to Shannon Davies a couple of times. Guys is incredibly smart, brilliant guy, brilliant piece of equipment. Um, it stops the car from wheel standing, it stops the car from braking traction, and it's a self-learning system that that um, uh, you know basically it it looks at what the car is doing, and then it it'll make a call and go, you know what, we can put more power in, yeah, and it does it, and it does it like thousands of times a second. Mm. It's incredible, right? Um, but I thought about it and I thought, you know what, we're only going to have a couple of cracks at this. Mm. So to, for me to invest that kind of money uh, to do it, it's, you know, it just wasn't it didn't yeah. economically viable. So what we've done is we've used stuff that's that's existing mm. and then just trying to change the functionality of it. Yep. So we'll see. If it works, it works. If it doesn't... We'll just turn it all off, and I'll drive it with my right foot. So, <laughs> so that's the BA. Yeah. Um. So I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get a crew night in 
um, this week, mm-hmm. and we'll see a big jump in progress. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how much you've been posting up, but right now we're back to a bare chassis again. Mm. Yep. So um, we've gone full circle. We've got the car teched, stripped it down, and now we've got to go through that that assembly stage. Yeah. Once the thing's back together, it's still got to be squared, scaled. We've got to make a call on how much preload, where I'm going to preload it. Mm. Um, and yeah, the forelink is in a completely different spot, not just because of the ride height change, but also because of, of the radial tuner. Yeah, yeah. So it's all a big gamble. I've got to write a new program for the shocks. There's, you know, just there's a hell of a lot still mm. left to do, but I, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll make it. And whether I'm up to driving it, because like I said, it's been five years since I've driven anything mm. with, with any sort of power. Um, yeah, uh, that that remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, now with the Camry, um, we've started piecing the motor together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't... The, the mains, supposedly, according to Toyota, are not a torque-to-yield yep. uh, bolt. But they felt really, really rubbery. Yeah, when, when, yeah, I was when talking, you're tightening them yeah, up. Yeah, so I, I've made a call. We've ordered a set of main bolts, um, and we've also ordered a set of genuine um, Toyota MLS head gaskets. Mm. Um, it's all ex-Japan, so we're waiting for those. We've got the lifters, so I can start doing the final assembly on the cylinder heads um, and working out what, what size shims I need for each um, cylinder. But... You know, th- my life right now, Nick, is is very complicated <laughs> because, yeah. um, you know, young Nicholas is coming up to one year mm. uh, old. Um, we've got a, a, a second child on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, you know, get work out and keep the business moving forward. And we've got a lot of order f- orders for transmissions and... You know, it's a bit of a juggling act yeah. between family, business, and, you know, essentially the, the BA, the Camry, they're, they're really, uh, I mean, they're important to talk and power, but they're really hobbies at the end of the day. <laughs> they're not important at all, really. Well, I mean, you let's know. Be, let's be brutally honest and call it as it is. They're the, not, the, not. the reality is that, you know, <laughs> since we built that Camry, all these people have come out of the, the closet. <laughs> Yeah, we were trying to get an interview with the WTF Auto guys, but they haven't got back to me. So I'll um I'll endeavour. I'll keep working on those. It's guys not and- just them. I can't believe how many people are building Camrys and the price. When we were you know buying them, yeah, they were like you know seven hundred, nine hundred bucks. Now they're two grand. I know they've gone up. They've it's doubled. Been, certainly gone up. <laughs> you, you you would have been a wise person to have invested in Camrys <laughs> when we started this project. So. It is amazing, actually. But we'll see how we go. I mean, at the end of the day, um, this is episode forty-nine. Yeah, forty-nine. Yep. All right. So probably by about episode one hundred, <laughs> we'll have some of these projects nailed. <laughs> so yeah, watch this space. And if you are following us on the internet or. Um on Facebook and social media on our website as well. We'll have a video coming up shortly on the BA. I'm trying to get a bit more... I want to get the video out when we finally assemble the car so people can see the car was assembled. We pulled it down. We put it back together again, had the car teched, took it to tech, came back, pulled it down again and reassembling it so they get a real understanding of what's involved and what's different on this car. It it would be good also if we're at the fire-up stage when... Because then I'm going to feel a little bit more comfortable that, you know, because there's still, there's, there is a a list as long as my arm of things that I wanted to change when we were running it. Mm. Um, And the other thing is, although I'm probably going to get a few of the old um, crew, if not the whole old crew back, we still need to uh, learn how to work on the car, learn how to do the rockers, learn how to you know, drop the sump, check the bearings, etc., etc. And these are all things that we're going to need to practice. Training. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, this is the thing. When you're at this level, um, every time you touch that motor, there is a risk that you're not going to put it back together properly. Mm. So I, I, I'd like everyone that's not into drag racing that, that uh, listens to this show to have a bit of a consideration for top fuel teams mm. that strip the engine completely down, yep. replace 
you know a, a large portion of componentry and put it back together mm. um, for every single lap. Yeah. Now, over the years, <laughs> and hanging out at plenty of workshops uh, or you know garages in Balcatta, <laughs> on more than one occasion, I yep. saw people put engines back together. And they never ran again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just—it's not just the engine; it's the ancillary bits that hang off the engine oh, of as course. well. Fuel line, oil lines, supercharger. Uh, yeah, airlines. <laughs> all those things are, are of of high importance. Clutch. Yeah, and I think—I mean, I, I took the burst panels off, and to be frank with you, I haven't told you yet, but I think I put them on the wrong way around. I think they're. <laughs> that, that you know, in between the two burst panels, yeah, yeah. That air, I think I've got that facing left as opposed to it should have yeah. been right no but, that's no good it won't work properly there. no no that's but <laughs> but the, it came to me the other night i said I, I was looking at some video i said i bet you i've put that on the wrong way around but there's little things like that in, in all seriousness they that, that need to be right and every and, single component yeah you know you, you're talking about you can count how many times that crankshaft turns from the start line to the yeah. finish line yeah um every single component on that car needs to be right for it to to you know perform its function mm. so you know i mean look door slam is cool top alcohol is cool but when you look at top fuel um or even some of the teams in uh, the the outlaw nitro funny car series that actually do pull everything mm. apart every lap it is absolutely amazing and i think i i don't think that anyone can really uh fathom it how complex these machines are, mm. how many components that there are that get removed and then refitted. Mm. Um, and I would challenge anyone, you know, when you get a chance, pull your lawnmower apart, mm. <laughs> put it yeah. back together, and let's yeah. see if it starts. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's right. But, yeah, no, it, it is amazing. I've been, you know, not, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but I've been amazed by the amount. I, I wasn't really involved when you built that car the first time around kind of was there but i wasn't involved to the level that i've seen what actually goes in that car and to just this pulling down and putting it back in theory back you know pretty much the same has been mind-blowing actually so you'll see that in the video actually there's a fair bit that we will see us doing in the video so no i'm looking forward to getting that out so anyway, yeah, that's the plan as well. We'll just touch on that briefly here. So I'll be at Race Wars. Um, we'll have the we'll, we'll be podcasting from Race Wars. So I'll be doing a number of interviews there. I haven't worked out with who yet, but that's that's still to, that's still in the planning process. But committed to Race Wars, so I'll be down there. Looking forward to it. I cannot wait. The winner. <laughs> uh, I, I hope so too. But yeah, look, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if we even if we do bring the camera, it'll be just for looksies. But um. But if not, it doesn't matter. We can. That's annoying you, isn't it? No, 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 not at all, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Hey, um, moving right along, I, you know, I normally I would have started the podcast with this. I think you know we're coming up to Australia Day. It's Australia Day on Saturday, and we should be celebrating this guy. If he doesn't win Australian of the Year, he won't. But because he's not mainstream. But this gentleman we're about to talk about, Toby Price. What a legend. This is amazing. This is truly amazing. Paris to Dakar, he's won the second time, not in a row, he won it in 2016, and he's won the 2019 edition with a broken wrist. Yeah. Now, I've got to be honest with you, I was a bit disappointed with the mainstream media coverage of this, or the lack thereof. Oh, they went to the airport. <laughs> yeah, I felt that they could have covered the story a little bit better when he actually won it as well. He, just... he, look, he is... He's done something that's truly amazing, mm. um, but I, I think he's a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's probably not the most aesthetically pleasing sort of gentleman. But, you know, the thing is, Nick, to me, he represents Australia. Mm, he does, That's yeah. That's how I like to think of us, mm. like him. Yeah. But, unfortunately, the lefties mm. don't want to sell us as Priscilla, I guess. No, Nick Kyrgios and Bernard <laughs> Tomic. <laughs> no, it's it is a sign of the times, and I was really disappointed with the mainstream media coverage of it because what this guy has achieved is absolutely amazing. We're talking about the world's best endurance riders here. They're not riding for one day; they're riding for ten days. Mm. You know, on the motorbike across a desert, and this is arguably, or not arguably, without a doubt, um, the 
most covered endurance race in the world, mm. most famous yep. with the longest history. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just a, an amazing achievement. Yeah. And you're right. But, you know, this is the country that we live in. Mm. And, 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 you know, in all of the country, we're probably, because we live in the Stokes state, Mm. where he controls all the media over here. Yep. Um, you're never going to get any distance. If he was sponsored by Caterpillar, holy smoke. Yeah, no, yeah. It would be, be plastered at the front page of the paper everywhere. <laughs> be front page, business section, sporting section. Look, congratulations there'd, to Toby there'd Price. There'd be an opinion column on it. <laughs> and the Red Bull KTM team. I think that is, listen to this, 18 years in a row. 18 years in a row for KTM. Mm. That is amazing. You can't argue with that. No, no. And <laughs> Husqvarna are up there as well. They came in fourth and fifth as well. So it's it's great to see those brands from um, that side of Europe uh, doing really well. Formula One, look, there's been no racing, obviously, but I just wanted to touch off briefly on the new aero package for this year. There's some significant changes being made. There's a lot of speculation about whether it will be successful or not. Um, the front the front wings have made themselves not as prone to the dirty air from the rear of the car in front. The idea of that is they want the car behind following closer to the car in front. Uh, they've made a, some significant changes with the front wing, so there's a lot of that, that stuff that used to hang off the front wing, that's all gone. Um, <laughs> all that crap has gone, basically. I, I understand they're trying to, you know carefully direct the air but didn't it just look a bit ridiculous there well it got it got to the point where even if you like just touch someone or went over a bump like shit was falling sorry but stuff was falling off everywhere so they've put a they've they've got rid of a whole lot of that stuff and i'm looking forward to this new aero package next year um the drs is opening up a little bit further um so i, th I think it's some some significant changes for this year in in Mate. aero you know, if it was up to me, mm. okay, I'd go back to the 1960s, yep. downdraft Webbers, H-Pattern <laughs> Shift, none of these wings. Yeah. You know, the racing was much more fun to watch yeah, back then. it certainly was, but uh, <laughs> those days are behind us. Speaking of behind us, Maurizio Rivabene, he rocked up all right, but he's departed, unfortunately, from Ferrari, parted ways. <laughs> he's actually taken on a role at Juventus. He's gone... I think he was involved at the board of Juventus. I could uh, be incorrect. I've got to stop you there and just explain what, what Nick's little joke was there. That's for all the His His name means to arrive well yeah that's correct <laughs> so he arrived well and has left not so well but look he's gone and taken on i believe this uh a senior role at juventus um so look sad to see maurizio riverbeni depart the sport but um look I, i'm looking forward to um his the new team principal has been with the team for a significant amount of time matteo benito he's taken on the team principal role I think in, in my frank assessment of of Maurizio, he may not have made the call at the Japan Grand Prix on the wall where they kept they put full wets on Sebastian's car and Kimi's car for Q3 when it was the track was still dry. But he was part of that decision. He was on the wall. And I think from that point onwards, his days were numbered. So anyway... That's, um, you know, but... Did he go against the statisticians... Yeah, well, it just was a silly mistake because even all the other teams had dries on it and even if it, the track was still dry, you'll still go faster in a dry on a dry track than you will with a wet on a wet track. I know, so but, there's nothing but to they gain. pay people, they pay statisticians mm. to work this out. Yeah. So did he, you know, override the call? Or? No, I don't believe so, but he's on the wall and I, as a team principal, he probably should have, yeah pointed out that that decision wasn't the correct one anyway all that aside and the arrival we have we got news this week mick schumacher michael schumacher's son has been signed in the ferrari academy so i'm really looking forward to that number of drivers have been signed up this year um callum Elliott, uh giuliano alessi marcus armstrong and robert schwartzman enzio fittipaldi and Gianluca. Petakoff. So it's great to see a whole raft of new drivers signed up for the Ferrari Academy. So that'll lock those guys in 
for a future, well, potential future drive in Ferrari, uh, potentially Haas or Sauber as well. Depends on where you know a Ferrari aligned team see fit to put him. So that's that's really good news there. Can you can you smell a championship? I can, yeah. Schumacher, I, Schumacher driving a Ferrari. So. I'd like to, anyway. I think that the the door is still open on Ferrari's championship, and that, you know Lewis walked away with it this year. I'm hoping that he doesn't. Look, in fairness to Lewis, he did a great drive, but hopefully he doesn't walk away with it again next year or 2019. So it's it's interesting that uh, we're talking about all this stuff, and in amongst this, no mention of Dan the Man. No, Dan. Dan's still in Perth. My wife actually saw him on. This is no word of a lie. I probably shouldn't disclose this. I won't. But he was in the Belcatta metro area visiting relations just the other day. My wife drove past, and she goes, "I swear that is Daniel Ricciardo." She did a U-turn just to check, and it definitely was him. So yeah, he's in, he's still in he's still in town. So he'll there you go. no doubt will be leaving shortly. But he was definitely in just in local Belcatta. Thank you, everyone. So there you go. Dan the man. <laughs> Supercars. A West Australian that probably didn't get his due departure, I felt. Garth Tander. I'm not a big Garth Tander fan, never have been, but I felt he was really hard done by by Gary oh, Rogers. I thought you were after you, your, your brush with fame at the nightclub there. Oh yeah, when I met him at the DV8s many years <laughs> ago. But he wasn't even he was only in Formula Ford back in those days, but I did recognise him and had a chat with him half the night actually. Had a good chat with him, bought him a few drinks. <laughs> this is a long time ago. This is a long, long time ago. But yeah, look, I felt he was really hard done by his being sacked or dropped from Gary Rogers Motorsport. Richie Stanaway and James Golden have secured sponsorship deals, bringing Boost Mobile over to Gary Rogers. Wilson Security departed the team. They had a verbal agreement with Garth Tander at the end of last year. He'd be returning this year. While Garth's on leave, he got a text message to say, you need to come into the office, came in, and um, that was it. Well, at least they didn't do it via text. No, they didn't do it via text, in fairness to Gary, but I felt... Look, you can read about it in my blog. My thoughts are there. I know we blame a lot of stuff. We palm a lot of stuff on commercial realities. I'm sick of that word, to be frank. Commercial realities. The reality was you gave the guy your word that you would be racing next year. Yeah. But anyway, it's anyway. not to be. <laughs> it's, I can't add much more to that. Anyway, Gary Rogers, if you're listening, um, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty, the defect to hold him. We spoke about that last year. It was a big uproar on social media. He test drove the new Commodore last week. He did a 10-lap shakedown. Oh, okay, listen, listen. We need to talk about the new Commodore. Yeah. My, so, my uh, wife and I are looking for a car. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. And um, I went I went to a Holden dealer. Mm-hmm. Right? Not because I was looking at the new Commodore. Yep. Um, because we were looking for a... Uh, real Commodore mm-hmm. <laughs> VF VF which VF. you can't probably buy anymore or they no no they got them but they they, they want you know Big like bucks. five million dollars for a mm. basic model one and I, I said because I don't know if you've noticed but the the price has plummeted on those things yeah they have yeah like I think soon the dealers will be paying you to take one away and you know we've seen a couple of issues. Mm. Um, coming through really yeah 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 yeah. wow i don't i don't want to discuss that yeah yeah, fair enough anyway um so i I said to the the holden dealer this was uh one in the the northern suburbs Mm -hmm. um i said to him you know uh you guys must must really hate the fact that that these things like you know one year production run lemon can't get rid of them oh no they're selling really well I said, your yard's full of them, and you've dropped the price 10 grand. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, well, I mean, uh, no, 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 they're, they're a good car. They're selling really well, dude. No. You know, they're a heap of shit, and they're selling very badly, and people were disgusted. They would have been better off badging them as what they are mm. rather than calling them a Commodore. Yep. Um, big, big disappointment, and, mm. and a shame, a shame that Holden hasn't pulled them out of the V8 supercars because, you know, it's just embarrassing. I mm. would rather that they'd be still racing VFs yeah. um, than, than those things. I reckon that they've got a huge aerodynamic advantage because mm. they're about the same size as a Ford Focus. Yeah. But, um, you know, just, I mean, they they got to just call it 
It was a lemon. It didn't pan out for them. They've stopped bringing them over. There's been a, an embargo. There's been a, a stop on them actually coming over until they clear up the back lot of cars that are in Australia already. There's no more boats to be sent, and the Equinox is the same. No Equinoxes, no Commodores to leave Europe until further notice. The only saving grace they've got is the Colorado. Mm, yep. And and whatever the, the the van version of the Blazer or something? Trail yeah, Blazer? Yeah, Trail Blazer, yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, um, but, you know, the, the the sad part about all of this is that the station wagon mm. is gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and going around, that's what we want because not that I'm overly tall mm. um, and Nicole's about my height. It's just that Nicholas is tall for his age and because the, the law suggests that you've got to have a rear-facing um, seat up to, you know, two years old or something. Yep. The amount of room that you need for a seat that big when you've got a tall child, um, it leaves you no leg room. Mm. With it, SUVs are kind of like they've squashed everything up, so they haven't yeah. got that length, you know? Mm. And then the wagon would have been perfect. But, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the the VFs that are out there, even the, um, the second-hand ones, the prices just skyrocketed on them, mm. um, yep. which is a shame because, you know, like especially the V8 ones, there's nothing on there that I can't fix. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? So I feel comfortable buying one of those. Yeah. Uh, whereas the cars that we're sort of looking at, the only thing size-wise, because well, we've measured everything, as you can imagine, we're both mm. very, you know, that's, that's what we like, we're very analytical people. The um, Subaru Outback, mm-hmm. uh, the new Forester, the older Forester is actually a little bit shorter, the new Forester, um, and that's really... Oh, and you know, the other one, I mean, I'd never buy one, but I was surprised how much room they have inside. The Mondeo, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty... It's not a bad size. I think the dash is is very mm. forward, yeah. like it's very shallow. And I think yeah. that's where, where the leg room comes from. Because mm. when you look at them, they're, they're not that mm. big, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it, to me, it, it, it kills me thinking about it. And this is not just Australia. This is a worldwide trend to go to these SUVs. Mm. I don't really see, I don't know, you know. No, I don't, the, the Arcadia is their newest offering, Holden, that I will be test driving in the coming days for an unrelated issue outside of the podcast, but that's probably where, that's where I'll probably end up going down, the Arcadia. That's the new GMC Arcadia that they're yep. bringing to Australia. Yep. That's and, seven well, the seater. Trailblazer... Is that is that like the Chevy Blazer in the US? No, not really. No, no the Arcadia no. is more like that. Yeah, is it? yeah, the Arcadia is more of that um, larger full size SUV. So I'll take that for a run and see what it's like. But I, yeah, I, I'm not a big SUV person. Never have been. But I don't have much choice. Yeah, that's it. They've they've boxed us in. Mm. Um, yep. You know, the Mazda Six is about the only mm. kind of traditional style wagon available. Yeah. Anyway. Could anyway, be worse. It could be. Frosty, yeah, test drove a new Commodore. That was probably worse. <laughs> the social media outrage. I felt sorry for the guy. Look, I mean, he's a, he was a, a um, servant to Ford, and we should not be mocking him. Uh, just let him get on with what he's got to do over there at the um, at Charlie's team. Um, was that a commercial reality there? No, nah, look, I mean, for him, it was just uh, he had to get out of it. He had to get out of PRA. It wasn't wasn't happening for him there. Um, unfortunately, I, there was a lot of negative talk about this test drive he did. It was in a flat black. The Commodore was flat black. It hadn't been stickered up yet. I think they're just sort of you know really grasping at straws when we start bagging the guy because he's driving a flat black Commodore. Well, who cares? It's a ten lap shakedown. So, speaking of shakedowns. I don't know how I tied that in at all. That doesn't actually tie in. <laughs> Barbagello, track resurface. What an amazing job they have done over there at Barbagello Raceway. Cannot wait to get out there and check this out. So the track has been resurfaced. We're hoping to get them on for an interview, but they, they haven't got back to me either. So I'll have to work on that next week and try and get one of the guys from the WA Sporting Car Club on. They've added... A bus stop. They called it a bus stop chicane, but I don't. That's not a real true bus stop chicane, really. The bus stop chicane is when I when I when someone says bus stop chicane to me, I think of what Watkins Glen. They have a true bus stop chicane. But yeah, I'm surprised that they they pointed this out. I I, I read this because mm. um, Todd. 
told me that they, they yep. were the, doing the resurfacing and they, they got this special um, compound that they're using hmm. and they're, they're claiming that it's going to be the grippiest track yeah. um, in Australia. Uh, but, I mean, do, do you see that as a problem with tyre wear? It was for the supercars, yes. It was It was. It was always a problem with the supercars. This the, compound? The older one. The older oh, one. the older the one. The older one was, was always a massive problem with with tyres but yep. i got kind of sick of hearing about it it was every time it sort of hijacked the discussion of the the race when they'd come here was the tire degradation tire degradation tire degradation so, so even though the new compound is grippier they believe it's going to wear the tire less that's correct yeah yep yep now there is a science behind this and they explain it on their website i'm not qualified enough to explain that so when we talk with the wa sporting club club we'll do a podcast on that because i think that's of great interest to our listeners so i will we will get back to you on that and uh if you if you're interested go if you go to the wa sporting car club website uh, you can read all about it there www.wascc.com.au motorplex yeah motorplex i went to the nitro outlaw funny car mate what a absolute corker that was crowd was massive they they uh reached capacity yeah. and had to turn people away mm, yeah. um brought it back to the heyday from 10 years ago mm, yeah yeah it was amazing it was really great to see um well cars. advertised yeah well that's advertised. the key isn't it yeah yeah definitely definitely that's the key. you know I, I don't know i don't know who funds that if that came from graham cowan or how that comes about that advertised but there was definitely an elevated level of advertising or percent yep amazing show everyone that i know that went reckons that it was you know arguably one of the best race meetings they've ever been to mm. some great side-by-side uh, racing and obviously you know nitro is nitro head mm. of flames the noise the feeling the vibrations and for you and i that's quicker than what the big show cars yeah. used to run not that long ago. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember the day of Lloyd Jones and um, Green Man. Green Man. Dobbo. They were running those sort yep, of yeah, 70s and 80s back in the day. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was the noise and the, yeah. the, 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 the smell. Yeah. The, um, so anyone that hasn't been to a Nitro show, definitely we can recommend the, the uh, Aeroflow Outlaw yeah. Nitro show and thanks to jmac media i've got got us up close and personal in the bandit my youngest son got to sit inside the bandit actually and uh, so yeah that was a bit of got a kick out of that and got gave us a rod as well excellent I'll have to show you when you go so uh while we're on the subject of drag racing mm. 400 thunder i can't believe how many rounds there's been yeah there's a cup there's been a few rounds but now there'll be a bit of a hiatus in the in the proceedings and then the, i don't think there's another event for a little while now but um they had two pretty much back to back we had um the new year thunder and santo summer thunder unfortunately sam fennick in his door slammer came to grief at the top end of the track and i've got to be honest with you i've seen some hairy moments I don't know if you want to watch this or if you want to hear this. I'm just going to play it for you here. Sam Fennick could make it four different drivers from four starts for a he win does. here. He does. 566 again. No shoot for Sam Fennick here in this car. It's oh, into the sand trap. He's gone through the gravel trap and up the wall. That's a big, big hit. Sam Fennick has gone deep. He's gone in really, really fast. We're talking uh, 410 kilometres an hour across the finish line. And I don't know, there's, there's electromotion on those things. The chutes are supposed to come out. There's something wrong. But he's gone all the way through the gravel trap, through the net, and we saw him climbing the bank there with that car. It was going over. I'm going to leave it there. Um, and Sam posted a video which we've shared on Facebook the day after. He's okay, got out of the car fine, not a scratch on him, and he's fine. Uh, the car is destroyed. Um, the thing that I just wanted to touch on, unfortunately, they weren't able to run finals after that. Uh, so there was no top fuel final. Kelly Betts has shared her points with... Jeez, uh, that escapes me right now, but she had to share her points with the other finalist which would have been Phil Reed. 
Yeah, Phil Reed. So um, that actually talk of deja vu. Kelly Betts is now leading the championship, uh, which reminds me of last year. It's very reminiscent of last year. I think she took the lead in the championship around about now, maybe a little bit later on. But anyway, um, but yeah, getting back to Sam Fennick, that was a really scary moment. And if you haven't seen the video, uh, get on there. He's a-okay, but um, that car has gone... Well, there's no shoots have deployed. They've come out, but they haven't uh, blossomed, as they say. Do you know what would cause something like that, not being packed correctly or...? I oh, look, Nick. I've had it happen. Uh, I've had it happen to me uh, once, mm. uh, both shoots, and I've had it happen to me a couple of times. One shoot, um, you know, I, I could speculate, but yeah, yeah, now fair the, enough. The the problem with saying like one instance for me, uh, it was definitely, definitely the error of the person who um packed it um but the thing is if you make that suggestion you're putting a burden on whoever did that and this is why in america you will see that the top fuel and uh, nitro funny car drivers generally always pack their own shoes mm. um because you know you saw what happened there 250 260 mile an hour can you imagine what it's like at 330 mm. mile an hour yeah um and, so and some nhra tracks aren't as generous in the braking area no, as what that's the right. is as well that's so. right so um incredible um you know incredible that he walked away from that i, I um I, the fastest i've been into the sand is um about uh 206 mile an hour and I, and I got on the brakes pretty early. Mm. Um, the thing is, with that, um, you know, it just didn't appear to wash off any speed. No, it which, looked like it's almost... You know, this is... this is. Look, we're going to touch on something that I've got a bit of a bone to pick about, right? Mm. Yep. So the door slammers, uh, I don't know if it's a requirement yet because I don't follow the 400 Thunder. Mm. Uh, but there was talk of, of you heard him in the video talk about the electromotive device. Mm. Okay, so there is a, um, a, a radio beam um, across the track uh, around where the finish line is, and that is supposed to kill the engine and automatically deploy um, the chutes. Now, that device also, if the burst panels go out, it automatically deploys the chutes. It does all this stuff, right? I think that it brings some complacency, you know, to the driver. Mm. And I I think that uh, some of this safety stuff is probably dangerous, not in that if it fails or, or that, but in the fact that the driver's sort of going, oh, well, you know, it's going to do its thing. Now, in, in the uh, US, there's been a lot of crashes like this because the drivers were actually using the electromotive device to shut the car down. Mm. Okay, so they were... Tim McCamus actually does a video um, talking about this, how, you know, pro-mod drivers, basically all they have to do is let go of the button Mm. and that's it, pretty much. They can eat their popcorn and (laughs) go down... Cheetos. Cheetos, 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 yeah. (laughs) Eat their Cheetos and drink drink their drink because the the car shifts gears automatically and and the door slammers are the same now. I don't know if you know, but they um, put in a rule submission. Uh, It got voted down by the Top Door Slammer Association, right? So the majority of the Top Door Slammer drivers... Uh, voted against automatic shifting and then Thunder 400 brought it in. Mm, yep. Said, no, you know, we don't care what you want. Mm. <laughs> We're going to bring it in anyway. So yep. um, something that I learned when I was driving was, you know, you, you hear guys talking about, oh, you got to drive into the chutes. you got to drive into the chutes, right? So the theory is that you stay on the wood until you feel the chute blossom. The problem with that is while you're on the wood, uh, you're building speed. You know, which if you had have lifted, um, you would have washed. Off <laughs> you would have washed yeah. off. You know, so it's a tragic thing to happen in a beautiful car. Mm. Absolute. Uh, I'm, I'm devastated that 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 car is you know uh, damaged because it's incredibly well mm. uh, put together 
uh, maintained and um, one, one of the, the certainly best appearing cars out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, to see it destroyed like that is, is a shame. But I think that this is where, you know, whoever it is, IHRA, Andra, Thunder, whoever, need to start putting the onus back on the driver. Mm. I can tell you now, uh, when I went in the sand, Andra was around at my pit area in, like, we got back and they were there waiting for me. Right, and the first question they they said was what happened, and I said, mate, I, I grabbed the wrong lever. Mm. That's the, the truth. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it was my mistake. I won't do it again. Um, you know, and and I'll tell you what, when you're, you know, even as slow as I was going, you're heading towards that sand, and you know you're going to go in it. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes through your mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, I I, I don't know what's gone wrong there, but. Um, you know, it could have been the way it was packed. It could be something else. Um, sometimes when you make a small change to the wing, you can upset the air. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know if he's got air launchers. I, I've, I've always used the springs, and I, I always try and make sure that the, the chute's uh, pointed. But what you saw there is one of the things that's going through my mind at the moment because we've, you know, something that I wanted to change from when we were running the car indoor slam it was the wing because i always felt that the touring car wing was never designed to go as fast as we were going we're going yeah. we're exceeding the speed that that wing was designed to go by half track mm. right so now i've got a, a more traditional drag racing style wing and i've had to relocate the chutes now the first time i deploy those things is when i find out whether they work or not and that's the gamble that you take mm. you yeah. know so yeah. you move the wing you disturb that air you know there is the possibility of something like this is going to happen mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot of factors that, mm. that caused it. They did deploy, so sometimes the sheathing gets caught. So it's not that the shoots came out. They just didn't get into the airflow. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, too, that I might add, and this is one of the possible things that could have happened, uh, a lot of people use these air launchers, right? So there's, there's three uh, traditional ways to, to shoot the, the parachutes, right? There's the old school way, which... It's a big coil spring that, that you jam in it. And I actually um, showed Asher how to pack a chute not long ago. Mm -hmm. And we fired off the spring. And he thought it was the most dangerous thing that he's seen. Because when you're packing it, you're holding this spring. And if you slip, it's going to smack you in the hurt. face. Yeah, right? So that is the traditional way. Then you, from there, we, we went to the spring behind the chute right where you push it in and you have a locking pin mm. that holds it in then you pack your chute and the last thing you do is pull the pin out and and the spring's loaded then so with the traditional way the pilot chute and the spring are one item that comes out goes into the airflow then it pulls the, the rest of the chute out and the chute blossoms okay the the uh later generation the spring went behind um the chute there is still a pilot chute um but you're actually just throwing the chute out into the airflow with the spring behind it. And the latest version, which has been around for a long time, is an air launcher. And, and essentially, you've got an air cylinder that's behind the parachute. So you turn the tap to the, the dump position and, and the, all the air is dumped out of the system. You push the, the two plates that deploy the chute back into position. You pack the chute. You put the pin in the bag. You put the cable in the bag. And then you turn the air pressure on. Okay. Right? Yep. And that that then that air pressure is what launches the chute into mm. into the air. If you forget to turn the air on, or if you turn it on and then mistakenly turn it back off for whatever reason, like you've got a leak or whatever, mm. the chutes will do exactly that. They'll just fall out, fall out, and and, and yeah, probably sit on top of the wheelie bars. Um, so. I've never been a fan of any of that stuff mm. because the way I look at it is the less things that, uh, you know, have to be switched on or off or whatever, um, the the better, yep. the less things that can go wrong, which is why it's such a big gamble when you've got, you know, a lot of electronics on the car because every one of those components can fail and every one of those components can let you down. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. They would know, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine that, that that they would have had a good look because I mean, you know, that's going to be a hundred thousand dollar, two hundred thousand dollar accident there. Mm. You know, um, you know, if that car's gone, that's the sort of money you're looking at now to build a, uh, a new car. So yeah, um, yeah tragedy. 
Absolute tragedy, but great to hear that he's, he's fine, fine and, yeah. and also fantastic to hear that all the safety equipment did what it was meant to do. Mm. Yep. Also, I probably didn't mention before, but the, it was, the, the finals were cancelled after that. That was because the crash net was broken. Correct, that, so. correct. So the crash net obviously did it, its its job, but this is a problem that we've seen at the Quinana Motorplex as well, that um, once the the, the uh, netting has been damaged or, mm. or um, you know moved from its anchors or the anchors have been damaged, you, you have to halt racing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So. Um, I, I, I will say this, that it's better that, that you know the net did its job and, and so on rather than what happened to wayne keys mm. where the car you know submarined under the the, yeah. the net tore the blower off nearly killed him mm. so um good to see that their net works mm. all right um bathurst 12 hour we're going to have guy on the ground that's going to be there todd brinkworth has offered he's going to actually be at the bathurst 12 hour and uh, he's going to be our roving reporter there so we'll be talking to todd from the race so Shout out to Todd, and thanks for doing that. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, Todd's been in the car scene for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, he's sort of been involved in everything from yeah. rallying to um, uh, road racing, mm. drag racing. Um, great he, to, to see Todd getting involved. He's also going to be at Race Wars. He's going to help out at Race Wars as well, so much appreciated. New Supra came out this week. We're not going to see it till 2020, but we've seen the... You know what, Nick? I would rather never see it. It has got to be the ugliest car I've seen in a long time. Well, it's funny you should say that because number one, VIN number, number one, has been sold in the United States at... Now, this is pronounced Barrett-Jackson, not Barrett-Jackson. Have you? I've, for years, I thought it was Bear Jackson because Americans do not pronounce words very well. No, it's definitely Barrett Jackson. Barrett Jackson. Yeah. That's how you say it, guys. Not Barrett Jackson. But anyway, they sold uh, VIN number 001 to Jeanette. Well, they bidded for it. Jeanette and John uh, Stalupi. Uh, they paid $2.1 million mm. for chassis number 001. Mm. All the proceeds for that vehicle are going to the American Heart Association and stand for heroes. So, uh, I'm just reading your notes here, mm. and uh, it's a partnership with BMW. That's correct. Right? Yeah, As opposed yeah. to Subaru. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yes. so um, uh, it kind of does look like a pregnant M4. It, oh, does, it does, actually. I, I have to agree with you there. Yeah. M, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. M no, you're thinking no. of X, X, X4. Z4. 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 A pregnant yeah, Z4. It does. I have to agree with you. It does, actually. It, it, it does. Very reminiscent. It is of so ugly, Nick. They could have done... Like, people have waited so long for this new Supra. Mm. And it is disgusting. I'm not a big fan of it myself, but um, yeah, I it's it's making all the headlines. Unfortunately, I don't think we're only going to see three uh, hundred, three hundred units, but only. I Thank don't God, because then then I'll never have to see one on the road. Yeah. So, <laughs> is it? Does it go? I mean, the, the the whole reason the other one was famous, uh, aside from the Fast and the Furious, mm. was um. Because of the the two JZ, yeah, two JZ yeah. GTE TT or whatever yeah. <laughs> alphabet. Uh, uh, look, I, I, it's it's still early to say. It's two hundred and fifty kilowatts, five hundred newton meters. Um, is it a BMW motor? Yeah, it is. Yeah, BMW, BMW no, running it's not gear. Yeah. Work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, BMW. I like my. Yeah, I, know, I like love my BMW. Love them. I love them. But the two JZ, um, and, and notice that I'm, I'm not saying two JZ mm. to because, you know, we have to talk. We're, we're talking American yeah, here. Yeah, so Bear Jackson. 2JZ um, is a phenomenal motor yeah. that has made some unbelievable horsepower and set incredible records. I believe mm. that the current record's in the 570s. I think so, yeah. You know, yeah. that is unbelievable. Mm. Um, I just can't see a BMW motor. No, no, I, I tend to agree Which with is there. a shame because when you look at all the other engines that we've seen in the last, you know, 20-odd years, like the LS, mm. the Camry engine, mm. yep. <laughs> the 2JZ, um, and, and of course, the, the, the V6 in the, um, the new GDR, mm. VQ and mm. VR engines, mm. 
um, you know, they're getting quite a reputation. I mean, we've, we've got six-second uh, all-wheel drive GDRs. Yeah. You know, R35 GDRs out there. So no slouch. No. So, uh, it's you know, I guess we all expected Toyota was going to one-up mm. Nissan. And, they, I mean, they did when you yeah. look at the GTR versus a Supra. Although mm. the GDR, you know, the R32 was four-wheel drive, all the GDRs are. Mm. Um, but although it was that, the 2JZ was just such an amazing engine yeah. that, you know, the RB kind of paled mm. in comparison, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it really, particularly in drag racing, it put the Toyota on the map. Mm. And, I mean, let's let's look at the hard-hitting the hard hitting imports, they're yeah. all, you know, uh, Toyota 2JZ powered. Mm, yeah. uh, Ikenu, amazing things. The Puerto Ricans have all done mm. incredible things with them. So it's a big legacy to try yeah. and follow up and to bang a BMW motor in there. I mean, you know, I love my Beamers, but yeah. nah, man. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> but I think we'll see more of this. I think um, collaboration is the word that that is a catch cry now. Automotive collaboration with this other manufacturers is, will be the way of the future. This is suggesting that the Germans can build a better engine than the Japanese, mm, yeah, and and the Japanese can build a better chassis than mm. than the the you know. I'm sorry, but I think they got the wise cost. <laughs> they got the, the wrong way around. Yeah, I think Toyota should have built the engine, and yeah. BMW should have built the chassis. <laughs> well, that was a good investment at 2.1 because if there's only 300 built. million. (laughs) But look at this, $2.5 million for a 2019 Ford GT. It's the Heritage Edition of the Ford GT. Um, VIN number 001, purchased by, of all people, Rick Hendrick. Yeah, who's a Chevrolet? Yeah, big Chevrolet (laughs) dealer. dealer. And uh, he's, he's done that out of spite. He's yeah, probably going to run a road roller over oh, no. it. Oh, Rick. <laughs> Not to be outdone, Barrett Jackson, CEO, Craig Jackson, he's actually purchased the first production Mustang uh, Shelby GT500, $1.1 million. Yep. The money for that is going to the JDRF as well. All, all of these cars, the money went to... Uh... Yeah, I pulled out basically the charity sort of cars, with the exception of uh, this one down here, which was the Rockbird with the Trans Am. I don't know, I pulled that one out. And also the Senna McLaren as well. They were... Well, I thought that the, the, um, the Rockford Files car went relatively cheap i thought that was a steal for one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. now just to, one the, thing the, I, the eleanor i don't know if i would have bought that 350 now that no. was an original set car that one as well by the way that movie is right, my i don't know we've spoken about it nicholas cage no <laughs> should never have done it the other thing that i haven't got in the notes as well is the fact that i, I listened to an interview today with craig jackson Eighteen hundred over eighteen hundred cars were auctioned at this auction. Only two had reserves. Oh yeah. So yeah, this but was that's a the big thing. That's the that's, no reserve auction. Yeah, that's the big thing in the US. Um, you know the no reserve deal. Mm. And seven hundred cars were knocked back for this auction. Seven hundred. So he had eighteen hundred in. Seven hundred were knocked back yeah. or moved to other locations where yeah, but, you he know, felt they'd have America's a big. Mm. You know. So this is their biggest auction they've had to date. Over ever. 10 times our population. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I mean, that would be the equivalent here if we got 180 cars at an auction. Mm, you know, yeah. WA auto auctions, you'll yeah. see that. Pickles. <laughs> Pickles, yeah. Man, long. You'll see that all day, every day. Hey, we'll just finish out with Lights Out. Lights Out 10's coming up. Just, just before, Sorry. before we talk about that, that would be funny if we went down to... Manheim and, and gave it all the hype like they do at these Barrett Jackson auctions. <laughs> the commentary in the background, yes, and this is an ex-cop car. <laughs> Hyundai. <laughs> ex-cop car. Seen some real action, this one. Santa Fe, this one. <laughs> Lights Out 10, coming up uh, February 14 and 17. Cannot wait for this. Stevie Fast has got his video out. He's calling out everyone. you got a pro... Sorry. You got a radial versus a world car. He wants to race you. He's prepared for to race Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night. He said he'll even stay back Monday night if Duck lets him. So the callouts are on. So what are got- you? Okay, so mm. so we're we're um, we're entering the foray of radial racing, mm. right? Yep. The record 
362 mm. over the eighth. 225 mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it can be pushed, Nick? I think so, yes. Yeah. Do you think we'll see a car lights out mm. in the 350s? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's a big call, mate. Yeah. That's a big call. Well, we said that when we said that before lights out. Oh, sorry, No Mercy 9. Have they changed the rules at all? No, no, no rules. Nothing's change. changed. No, no. So, yeah, I we, think it's we, we, I mean, it's been a long time since Mark Mickey ran that 362. Mm. And we have not seen anyone get close to that. No, no. But I generally think they probably haven't really tried all that hard since the, since that No Mercy 9. Yeah. Um, so this is 12 months since that mm. record run. Yeah, Mark Mickey did that actually at, at Lights Out 9. But we did have No Mercy nine since then that was in october but there was no records then however the weather didn't lend itself for really yep. record rate runs. but this, this is the thing this is the thing that you know we've talked about this a couple of times on the show and i've read dragzine and and a few other uh, articles where they're saying we're all expecting a big number now now we saw them go from 420s mm. to 360s it felt like it happened overnight yeah i, I remember when uh, Stevie Fast in the nitrous car mm. went 370. Yeah, I remember ringing Zap up, getting him out of bed, and <laughs> going, "Dude, did you did you hear? He went a 370 on a radial." Yeah, and uh, you know, then we we saw it like a, another tenth smashed off it mm. within, uh, you know, I mean, it was it wasn't uh, weeks or months, but uh, what six. 18 months? It would have been about 18 months. Yeah. I remember when he did that. You know, but that's a whole tenth. Yeah. Now, and at that meeting, it was like they unloaded the cars from the trailer Mm. and ran 60s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I I find that incredible. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. Sorry, I have to correct what I said. Mark Mickey didn't do that at Lights Out 9. He did that at Sweet 16, which was a month later. It was in March, so not quite a year. But anyway. Not quite a year. Yeah, but it was. It was at Sweet 16. And um, is this a closed entry invitation only? No, or? not no? not No Mercy 10, no. This is so, so have we got any numbers yet? No, no, not yet. No. No, or entries. Entries. I think they're oversubscribed already. Yep. They always are. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They definitely have a full field. But yeah, yeah. They're, obviously, they're going to have a qualifying cutoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yep. have 32 car field still. 32, wow. 32, yeah. yeah, always wow. 32 car field. So how many laps do they need to do a day? Well, they need to... They start... It depends on the weather. They will... If there is inclement weather predicted, they'll actually start the event... Uh, sort of half a day earlier as well which is what they had to do either no mercy or lights out or sweet 16 i can't remember one of the three last year they had to start at half a day early so the round one was on the friday evening as opposed to saturday so they'll they'll get racing underway depending on the weather but racing qualifying starts thursday evening and and the call out and the actual racing mm-hmm. so so 32 cars mm-hmm. right you've got to do what uh Five laps. Five rounds. Mm. Five rounds. So will they fit that all in in one day? No, they can't. They can't do that in one yep. day. But yep. that, that, that's why they have. That's why they race on the Sunday. But they also keep the Monday free as well if they need so to. So t- two days, possibly three. Definitely, yeah. Yep, yep. So, but again, they have raced on the Monday as well. But if they can avoid it, they'll leave it yep. to Sunday evening. Yep. yep. So you've got to be pretty fluid if you're qualifying in this event because you've got to be able to race day or night. Yeah, so you probably do three. Yeah, but, you know, like, like we started the show talking about radial racing. Right? Mm. It's probably fitting to end, end the show on it. The the profiler, that that is a pretty cool bit of gear. Mm. So I think that, that once um, you've done a few laps with it, it it'll kind of... It'll take you mm. to as quick as the track will yeah, go. Okay. Yep. You know, and then it's then it's a matter of making the horsepower. And I mean, you know, you've got three different combinations that are prevalent, right? You've got your nitrous combos, okay? You've got your your supercharged combos, and you've got your turbo combos. Now, um, I think that the the development 
of, of all three of those combos has gotten to the point now where they pretty much go to the start line all in. Mm. You know what I mean? If there's there's not a single horse left in the trailer, yep. it's it's gonna it's in that engine bay. So if you if you can make all that power, because remember a lot of us over here are still trying to you know make more. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas these guys spend you know weeks, months, whatever on the engine dyno, and in a lot of cases we we couldn't even think about doing that because there's there's not really any dynos over here mm. that can you know you can do that with you know what i mean but in the u.s it's common you know it's it's you buy your engine from an engine guy with a tune-up particularly in the term like proline or something yeah. you know so if you're going there and and you've got all the bases loaded under the bonnet and all that needs to happen is you need to control that and then you've got someone like shannon davis that makes this incredible box that stops the car from wheel standing and can can feed or pull power right um i think it's uh 32 times per revolution of the tail shaft okay right geez. yeah so then you know typically these guys run like a 430 rear end so it's 32 times 4.32 that's how many times per revolution of the tire you know what i mean i mean and and the the box self learns so it kind of will go, yeah, okay, that's cool, but I think there was some room for improvement here. Mm. And then when when it when you go again, it gets to that point and goes, let's try a little bit more power, you know. So yeah, it's kind of, I think this, I think it's fantastic, and and you know we've seen the numbers just plummet. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I also think that uh, it's kind of sad because if you go back to the heyday of drag racing, um, you know, we used to use. A thumb screw on the barrel valve and a timing light, yeah, <laughs> and some pills, and yeah, guess oh, that's roughly where it's going to be. No data loggers, and yeah. you know, just see what happens. Uh, um, and the thing is that that these runs now are getting that clinical that you know, yeah, it's fast, but is it cool to watch anymore? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we've I, talked about this on this, haven't we? Before, on the, in the past. Well, I mean, yeah. look, I, I've spent a lot of time watching drag radial cars go down the 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 track to try and get an idea of what the wheel speed's got to do. Right. Mm. I watched the drag zine um, Corvette the other day, and I've watched Mark Mickey's run uh, uh, a couple of times, and it's pretty boring to watch. Really, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of like they. You know, don't really have any attitude. The tire just slowly accelerates. Um, you know, like, yeah, you look at the number on the scoreboard and you go, wow, that was fast. But is it the same as, like, um, the old Brett Stevens racing Capiris yeah. where it will stood four times and <laughs> tried to put him into the wall and the center line? And, you know, I, I, you remember you were there. Mm, yeah. You were filming it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone was standing up, on, on you know, like... Yeah, the 607, yeah. It was just incredible, mm. you know. Yeah. So um, I look forward to seeing this event. Mm. And yep. um, if, yeah, maybe maybe even, uh, well, well, I think we'll be racing. You will. We will be we'll racing, be racing that weekend. weekend. So. But what we'll do, we'll have to set up a big screen, get the internet hooked up down <laughs> at the motorplex. Between rounds. Plug this. Plug this, yep. yep. Get this on. We're, we're on. No, looking forward to it. All right, Simon, look, we'll bring this one to a close. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having a chat. My pleasure, Nick. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll uh, stay tuned with all the stuff that we're doing. And uh, it's good to have you back. 2019, can't wait. We've got some big stuff planned. I'm looking forward to it. We should, you know what I am looking forward to? I'm looking forward to when we finally move into the new studio. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for coming in, Simon. <laughs> thanks, Nick. See ya. <laughs> See you on the street. stresses all characters and events on this podcast even those based on real people are entirely fictional all celebrity voices are impersonated poorly we do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers